1996, a reclusive, self-made billionaire from Las Vegas made a curious purchase. Robert Bigelow had made his fortune as a real estate developer, specializing in cheap hotels. But the piece of property that he bought in the desert of Utah wouldn't be home to a new business or a roadside hotel. No, he purchased this piece of property for research. Since then, Skinwalker Ranch has become a highly protected site that's been home to visits from the military's Defense Intelligence Agency and high-tech experiments, as well as reportedly some pretty bizarre happenings. If you visit the 500-acre property today, you'd be greeted by armed guards, security cameras, and an imposing fence that blocks off the ranch's gate to cars or uninvited guests. But despite its remote location, Skinwalker was ground zero for a secret government program that the American people were never supposed to know about. And it's here where our story takes another turn. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm a writer, a journalist, and a podcaster. This is Hiding Something. Chapter 4, Connecting the Dots In 2007, the New York Times began investigating $22 million of so-called black money in the $600 billion annual Defense Department budget. To quote the Times, the line item was almost impossible to find, which is how the Pentagon wanted it. After interviewing current and former Pentagon officials, the Times found that tens of millions of dollars had gone to subcontractors working for Robert Bigelow, who two decades before, long after striking it rich as a hotel developer, decided somewhat oddly to get into the aerospace business. It turned out Bigelow had received millions of dollars from the Pentagon and planned on using it to do research at Utah's Skinwalker Ranch, an aging collection of small homes on a piece of land about two hours outside of Salt Lake City that he'd just purchased. Another facility in Las Vegas would be used as a sort of aerospace headquarters. With the government funding secured, Bigelow's team began conducting highly secretive experiments at the Skinwalker Ranch, reporting their findings to the secret Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program at the Pentagon. Led by a man named Louis Elizondo, the program made some startling findings. This is a paragraph from that New York Times report. Under Mr. Bigelow's direction, the company had modified buildings in Las Vegas for the storage of metal alloys and other materials that Mr. Elizondo and program contractors said had been recovered from unidentified aerial phenomena. Researchers also studied people who said they had experienced physical effects from encounters with the objects and examined them for physiological changes, end quote. You've said about, you don't think it's little green men, and we had a lot of speculation about where these vehicles are, are from. They're far more advanced than anything known to us. Is it possible that nobody really, there's no one who knows the ultimate answer, what's, what the truth is? I think is? now, and the reason I'm so terribly interested in this, is I don't think no one has the answers. And that is too bad because there are answers out there, but we're not gonna get answers just by hoping they come. It can have to take some work. That voice is Harry Reid in a conversation with 8 News Now Las Vegas reporter George Knapp. A former Senate Majority Leader, Harry Reid is one of the lawmakers responsible for getting the secretive Pentagon program off the ground. And as you could probably tell from the clip, he also has a deep personal interest in UFOs and Skinwalker Ranch, a location he reportedly visited before greenlighting the funds. The reason you might have heard the reporter's name as well is because that in addition to being a local TV reporter in Las Vegas, George Knapp is also a decorated journalist and just happened to be the author of several books, including one called Hunt for the Skinwalker, Science Confronts the Unexplained at a Remote Ranch in Utah. 
And for all the skinwalker hunting and UFO investigating he's done, Knapp is also a decorated reporter, one who just so happens to have covered some particularly odd stories. He's also quick to concede that the field of paranormal research can get pretty weird. Here he is talking about his conflicted relationship with UFO reporting in an interview on Joe Rogan's podcast this summer. Now it's, uh, you know, 33 years that I've been chasing this and I become, and I don't want to talk about me, but I mean, I become the UFO reporter, whether I like it or not. I'm not the UFO reporter. I'm a reporter who's interested in that. The UFO stories I've done in all that time, it's been a lot, but as a percentage of all the reports that I do, it's small. I'm a news guy. I chase bad guys mostly for the I-team, but uh, those those UFO stories have gone all over the world. It takes 90% of your energy just to wade through the crap and and get to the hard uh, facts, and there aren't that many of them, and to figure out who's telling the truth, who's reliable, who's honestly trying to pursue the story and get to the truth. Um, it's, It's a... It's a task that is difficult, and I, I don't blame other journalists for not giving it a fair shake because it's not something you could do in a week. But all the big questions, we don't have answers to them. I don't think anybody does. Who they are, where they're from, why they're here, what they're interested is in us, what the long-term agenda is. We don't know that, and I don't think anybody does. All the years I'm chasing this, everywhere you go, you run into brick walls when dealing with the government. That's really what got my attention and where I wanted to focus because I can't go out and wait for UFOs to show up, although I've done that, but I wanted to follow the paper trail. The government has this whole big, long history of documents that they exchanged, reports, memos, um, incident uh, reports about UFOs uh, before the Freedom of Information Act became the law of the land. And they're very candid with each other. They're not that way anymore. They hide stuff. Knapp's book tells the story of Skinwalker Ranch and the strange things people say they've seen there dating back decades when it was a small, family-owned, working cattle ranch. It's a deeply creepy book that documents decades of strange happenings at the location that, for some reason, has become a sort of hotspot for unexplained activity. According to reports from its previous occupants, chilling things could be witnessed at the ranch. Cabinets throughout the homes on the property would be bolted shut because of their propensity to fly open on their own, previous owners said. There were also a number of disturbing cattle mutilations, like the one we heard about in the last episode, where organs had been removed from cows with surgical precision and without the presence of blood. There were reports of a giant wolf that seemed to be bulletproof, strange lights and orbs could be seen in the evenings, and there were even reports of some truly bizarre sightings, like a faceless figure emerging from a tunnel that seemed to descend from the sky over the ranch. There were also crop circle-like patterns that could sometimes be found on the ranch grounds. It was those stories that by 1996 had made their way to Robert Bigelow. Fascinated by the prospect of extraterrestrial life, Bigelow purchased the ranch and shortly after contacted Harry Reid, who, at the time, was one of the most powerful lawmakers in the country. He knew Reid would have an interest in the property. Bigelow is an interesting figure. Though he generally avoids interviews, he has a sense of trust with George Knapp. Here they are talking in a YouTube interview arranged by the YouTube channel Mystery Wire. If they continue and they provide the opportunity for investigation uh, and to, to create the awareness, uh, not just with the military but uh, and government folks, but uh, uh, be able to be sanctioned and confirmed as, as uh, an actual reality, that, that this phenomena is real. It actually exists and we're actually achieving a confirmation of sorts without knowing who, what, or why you know, uh, or where it's coming from or anything. At least that's a big step that's never happened before. Again, that was Robert Bigelow talking with George Knapp about why he's so interested in the subject of unknown life. 
in one of the few interviews he's granted in the last two decades. It was shortly after the purchase of Skinwalker Ranch that Harry Reid and Robert Bigelow launched a program that you were never supposed to find out about. Harry Reid was so convinced that Bigelow's team would find things of interest to national security officials that he greenlit the funds and allowed Bigelow's team to get to work on the ranch while Elizondo ran point at the Pentagon. Out front now, the former Pentagon military official who ran the covert government program up until this last November, Luis Elizondo. Luis, thank you so much for your time tonight. I mean, first, tell us what the purpose of the program was and why it was so secretive. Sure. Um, The purpose of the program, uh, Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, was really designed to do just that. Um, From a national security perspective, identify those things that we see, whether uh, we see them electro-optically, we see them with radar, we see them uh, as uh, as eyewitness reports, um, through a myriad of different ways and avenues that we receive the information and try to ascertain and determine if that information is a potential threat to national security, in a nutshell. That's Elizondo in an interview with CNN shortly after he resigned as the head of the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. Frustrated that the Pentagon was keeping what they found secret from the American people, Elizondo stepped down, telling Defense Secretary Jim Mattis in his resignation letter, why aren't we spending more time and effort on this issue? His whistleblowing would lead to the Defense Department confirming that videos obtained by the New York Times would show American military pilots interacting with a strange craft were in fact authentic. There's a whole fleet of them. Look on the ASA. My gosh. They're all going against the wind. The wind's 120 knots to the west. Oh, I think, dude. That audio we just heard? That's from an actual Navy F-18 Super Hornet fighter pilot. But, despite the group's findings, in 2012, officially, the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program was closed down. Though today, a group called the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force still investigates weird phenomenon for the Defense Department. A few years later, in 2016, four years after the government-funded research had concluded, Robert Bigelow sold Skinwalker Ranch to a mysterious shell company called Adamantium Holdings. It's not exactly a subtle name for a weird fake company that is willing to shell out more than $4 million for a rundown ranch in the middle of the desert. As if the Tony Stark parallels weren't strong enough, as Marvel comic fans know, Adamantium is the metal that a secretive government genetic research agency infuses into Wolverine's body in the X-Men comics. Earlier this year, though, it was revealed that Adamantium Holdings was actually the creation of a man named Brandon Fugel, a wealthy businessman who wanted to conduct his own research on the ranch. He's outfitted the property with surveillance equipment and has hired armed security to keep unwelcome visitors from getting onto the ranch. According to Fugel, he got involved after he was funding research for aerospace experiments and he met scientists working for Bigelow's space company. Not long after, he got a call and was invited to meet Bigelow in person at his secretive aerospace headquarters in Las Vegas and discuss the future of Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah, the, the only comparison I could draw is that it reminded me of a, of a Bond villain lair, for real. And uh, it, it reminded me of Moonraker and Drax Industries. I don't know if you remember that cheesy old James Bond yes, movie. Yes, yes, yes. I, I love Moonraker. But I, I, <laughs> I felt like I'd, I had just entered kind of a modern day, current day equivalent of uh, 
of Moonraker. It was it was quite fascinating. And you know, I think in some ways, you know, I saw um, Robert Bigelow as as a you know as a kindred spirit, and that he had you know focused most of his professional energies in real estate development, much like mm-hmm. myself. And and uh, and he he struck me as a sincere seeker of truth. That's Brandon Fugel in an interview with KCRO radio host Erica Lukes from earlier this summer. And yes, he literally compares Bigelow's Space Age headquarters to a Roger Moore-era Bond villain lair. With approval from Bigelow, Fugel purchased Skinwalker Ranch and currently has a small team on the ground, continuing the research that Bigelow had started. So, why are we talking about Skinwalker Ranch, mysterious billionaires, weird holding companies, and secret Pentagon programs? Well, that's where David Polites comes back into the picture. It's hard to point at one thing as the cause of the missing people. It's also hard to point at one cause for what's happening at the ranch. That's Polites in a video he posted to YouTube this summer that was part of a three-part series about Skinwalker Ranch and its possible connection to the strange missing persons cases. As he explains, he's been so interested in Skinwalker Ranch that he was actually planning a visit with George Knapp himself. Well, first of all, I know a little more about it than most people because of a variety of reasons. First of all, I was supposed to go to the ranch uh, right before it was sold this last time to the uh, Salt Lake City real estate developer. And George Knapp and I were scheduled to go out, and he had invited me to come. And what happened, I don't know, but I didn't go, and it might have been a blessing. Do you hear Pilates tell it? There has to be some link between the National Park disappearances and whatever the government is interested in at Skinwalker Ranch. Okay, before we go any further, let's just do a quick catch-up from the last few episodes. According to research from journalist John Billman, at least 1,600 people have vanished in America's wilderness, many under very strange circumstances. Former police detective David Polites has written books and made films about the disappearances, and though he never proposes his own explanations, he does frequently imply that something possibly paranormal is happening. Remember, he's also an avid Bigfoot researcher. In his videos about Skinwalker Ranch, Pilates will occasionally talk about, quote, entities, or say, quote, they picked up animals at the ranch and left bodies in specific locations. He never comes right out and says it, but he seems to imply that otherworldly forces are at work. Whether that's aliens or weird Sasquatch creatures, it's never really made clear. At the end of the last episode, I explained that our mystery was coming to a fork in the road. And from here, there are two sides to the mystery. One, where there is a logical, rational explanation for the disappearances and the National Park Service's evasiveness when asked about them. On the other side, though, Polites and a growing group of investigators are convinced something very strange is happening. And look, I know how weird all this sounds. I get it. But Polites is an influential figure. Part of the idea of this podcast isn't just to explore the mystery of people who go missing in the wild. It's also to understand how we consume information in the internet era. How do normal, rational people begin to believe things that, if you told your friends about, would seem pretty far out? Without the cooperation of the National Park Service, which refuses to comment on the disappearances or theories about them, people fill in the information vacuum with other voices, even if those voices can be advocating for things that, let's be honest, can sound kind of crazy. In his Skinwalker videos, Polites alludes to the idea that whatever is happening at the ranch, whatever the Defense Department was so interested in there, could be connected to what's happening in the national parks. He never goes out and says it directly in those terms, but others close to him will. So we had a lot of strange things happen to us up there. Al Berry had a master's degree in science, and uh, he he said, whatever you do, don't talk about uh, 
the strangeness that goes on up here because he says academia won't pay attention to you. That's Ron Moorhead discussing his experiences at a small hunting camp in the Sierra Mountains. It's the same camp where he recorded those chilling noises coming from the forest that we heard in the second episode. He also appears in one of Polite's missing 411 films and knows him well enough to refer to him on a first name basis. Finally, I went in. I went into the science part that possibly would answer some of the anomalies, and that's quantum science, because classical science just wasn't getting us where where it answers the situation we ran into up there, which wasn't just recording the vocalizations. It was strange things. These, quote, strange things include the kind of stuff people had reported at Skinwalker Ranch, like orbs, weird lights, nonsensical sounds. But unlike Bigelow and Fugel, Moorhead doesn't have access to millions of dollars to construct a bond layer to do his research in. Instead, he turned his own research into what he describes as, quote, quantum science. Finally, I, I realize there's more going on than what meets our eyes. You know, there's, there are other dimensions, according to quantum science. And uh, you get in studying that stuff, you find out that it's really, really could be a very big part of this. And over the years, too, I've been doing this for close to 50 years. I'm in the old, one of the old timers here. And uh, uh, I've, I've interviewed a lot of people. I've talked to a lot of people that's had accounts. And uh, they, they all have There's When you find so many people in different places that have the same common denominator, you know, you kind of pay a lot of attention to that denominator. And when it reflects on what has happened to you, then you really give it some, some weight and you start trying to figure out how that could happen. So I, I got into quantum physics. Uh, I'm not a professor. I'm not a physicist. But I, I, I've delved into it and I, I think everybody should if they want to get to, uh, Let me back up just a little bit. Not all these things are the same, of the same genome, I don't believe. Because I, I am into uh, to believing that UFOs are out there. Uh, that this planet has been visited by aliens in eons past. I've seen remains of all this stuff. I've been all over the world. I've been in Peru, Bolivia, Nepal, uh, Russia, China, uh, these different places. And you see this stuff and, and you realize, wow, how'd they do that? How'd they move this hundred and some ton boulder up on this 13,000 foot mountain? All of them, hundreds of them place them together like a jigsaw puzzle so you, you you open your eyes up to realize there's really something going on that that we need to try to understand here's the thing i think moorhead is a sincere guy and when i talked to him he came across as extremely gracious and even polites for as coy as he can be when it comes to what he actually thinks in all of his videos he seems pretty genuine too now look i'm not interested in making fun of people who believe things that frankly sound pretty out there to me personally the whole quantum bigfoot thing sounds like a stretch to me but part of why people who believe things on the French often either hide their beliefs or do what people like Q political conspiracy theorists have done and weaponize their beliefs is because often they just aren't listened to, or at least not in a good faith way. And when they are listened to, often they're made fun of or ostracized. When you hear about books like Moorhead's Quantum Bigfoot or, or read about Polite's own Bigfoot hunting, the easiest thing to do is write them off. But when you hear about secretive government programs, real-life Bond villain layers, evasive federal institutions, and unexplainable mysteries, you can at least see why they believe what they believe, even if you don't agree with them. And I think there's value in that. Neither Moorhead or Polites strike me as particularly unreasonable people, even though many people would probably say they believe unreasonable things. Just for a minute, I want to talk a moment at the beginning of one of David Polites' videos that has really struck me. In it, he's reading an appreciative email from a YouTube viewer. He gets kind of emotional, which, for guys like Polites, who's an ex-cop and a tough guy outdoorsman, seems extra vulnerable. Thanks for what you do. Keep up the good work. 
I hope that one day the facts will lead to a conclusion. Boy. So, comments like that feed the soul. Uh, positive, uplifting, thank you. Thank you from my heart. Uh, sometimes when I'm sitting in my office, nobody's around, and I look inside myself and I think, what am I doing wrong? What could I do better? How could I try harder? Um, every day, I try 100%. And I never wake up and think, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just do average today. I can't think that way. And I was never brought up to behave that way. Uh, and I give that a lot to my parents for pushing me hard in life. So thanks for that comment. From the bottom of my heart, fed my soul. I think he's sincere. When I first started this podcast, I was thinking about the rise of conspiracy theory culture and just how toxic and destructive it can be. We live in an age where actual science is under attack. I mean, look, there are even people who believe that the earth is flat and that the core idea at the center of our understanding of the universe is actually a conspiracy. But as we've unpacked up to now, there are a lot of factors that can lead to conspiracy theories taking on a life of their own. A combination of actual strange occurrences, the access to Reddit and YouTube, and real-world government cover-ups have fostered a culture that spreads some pretty strange ideas. But theories alone don't cause damage. People do. And even though I don't necessarily think that Moorhead and Polites' ideas are particularly helpful when it comes to the cause of missing people, I don't think they're necessarily harmful either. But if we're going to explore one side of the fork in this road and talk to people like Ron Moorhead, we also have to go down the other side of the fork in the road and hear what officials who don't believe in things like Bigfoot is actually going on in America's wilderness. And frankly, I was surprised to hear what they had to say. That's next time on Hiding Something. Hiding Something is a production of the Ironclad Content Network. All episodes are written by me, Jesse Carey. Our editor and post-production producer is Chandler Strang. And hey, listen, if you like the show, be sure to leave us a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. It really does help more people discover the show. All right, thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time.